All right, let's go ahead and turn, just to be ready, Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 19. Be praying for our missions conference. It's coming really quick. He announced October 8th, Saturday, that Sunday is our missions conference. So, it's coming. Matthew chapter number 28. If you have notes or you lost your note, Brother Dai has some extra here you can have. I want to make a review all the way from the beginning. I just give you the blanks that maybe you're looking for. And then we're going to be done with this first lesson. And then we'll move on to the next lesson next week. So I'll wrap it up here this week for this lesson. Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 19. If you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles underneath the pews or right beside you. Matthew, if I get there, Matthew. Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 19 kind of goes along in preparation for a missions conference. Uh, what we're going to talk about this morning. Just way in review, I'm going to, some of you came in at different parts of the lesson. And uh, I'm going to give you some of the blanks you have in your paper there, if you don't have it already. Introduction, you get a big blank. And that's talking about something or someone uh, that, ju- uh, that Jesus loves so much that he died for it. It's the church. So we're talking about the church in that blank. And then you find point, uh, point number one. You have a blank there. Point number one, Roman numeral number one. It's a big letter I. The calling of the church, C-A-L-L-I-N-G. That's the calling of the church. And there's a subpoint letter A. And that's by Jesus' invitation. So I-N-V-I-T-A-T-I-O-N, okay? Invitation, if you want to fill out your blanks. And then letter B is by Jesus' authority, okay? A-U-T-H-O-R-I-T-Y. Then we move on last week to the composition of the church. What composes the church? Uh, C-O-M-P-O-S-I-T-I-O-N. That would be your Roman Roman numeral uh, two that looks like uh, two I's together there. And then letter A, subpoint under that, it's composed of called out people. Uh, C-A-L-L-E-D dash O-U-T, all right? And then we didn't get to it, and we're going to do that right now, subpoint B, all right? Subpoint B, it consists of local assemblies, you know what I'm liking is that people are asking questions and clarifying things. I love that when you preach. Because, you know, in preaching, you cannot cover entirely a subject. All right? As vast as the church. I was talking about something last night, and some of the young people, I was able to speak to our young adults' activity last night. And a bunch of them came up to me and asked me questions. Why did you say this? I don't agree with what you said about this. I love that. I'm not against you coming up to me and asking that, because then I can elaborate. I can preach some more, all right? I can preach some more. I had 30 minutes of preaching a subject that's very broad. And a lot of times a preacher hits an angle only, and he hasn't had enough time to hit all the spokes in the wheel. He's, he's only hitting one side of it. So he doesn't mean for not to cover the other side, but we're, we're, we're finite people, and our brain can only handle so much at a time. If you give me a lot of time, I could do that. Uh, in fact, this lesson took us a month. All right? And I think we did pretty good. All right? Uh, we did pretty good. 
So <clears throat> let's go ahead and pray and then we'll continue. Lord, we thank you for everyone that is here this morning. For those that are here because they're traveling, I think of the Up to Groves, a well-deserved retreat that they have. Lord, I pray that you help them to really enjoy, protect them as they travel to Michigan and back. Lord, help them to enjoy this time as husband and wife. Lord, I pray that you bless their uh, years of marriage. Thank you for them. What a blessing they are. Lord, uh, for others that uh, might be uh, missing uh, information that know uh, as they travel. I know my mom, uh, she travels back next week. Protect her from Missouri as she travels back here. Lord, others too, uh, they're out of town doing different things business-wise or uh, uh, doing last-minute vacation here before it gets... uh, back to a normal swing of things. Lord, bless us as we're in the fall, and thank you for the weather. I'm enjoying it. Nice, cooler weather, Lord. Uh, later mornings. Thank you for the sun not being so early. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you'd bless our time together. Help Brother Ben Shot. He's not feeling well. Help Pastor there as he preaches. Lord, I pray that uh, you would heal him up very, very quickly. And others, Lord, that are sick. Lord, there's many that we know, and I pray that you'd bless them. I think of Brother Rick even today. Uh, help him that he's not here with us. And others, Lord, if I'm missing, you know who they are. And we ask that you bless now as we continue this subject of what a real church is. According to your Bible, we ask you guide us, clear our thoughts, uh, take away disturbances. We ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Pray for me too. I'm going to be one of the speakers for that. So uh, I was told to say that, so I'm saying it. Uh, pray for me. Uh, pastor did a wonderful job last time. Uh, they're going to sneak me in there. So pray for me as I preach a certain part of uh, for the men, that the young men, I think. So please pray for that, that God will give me the, the message I need. Uh, letter B, consists in local assemblies. Okay? The church is not simply, quote unquote, a universal body of saved people. Now when I say that, I'll explain to you later, it is. But the, the problem is the time and when that would be a reality. It is a reality now. Okay? The Bible even tells us we are seated already in the heavenlies. We are as if in Christ, he's already enjoyed us and enjoying us in his presence. Because God is timeless. He's not limited by time. He's already seen the future. He's already seen. Uh, and I can't explain that to you. That's why he's God. He's a sovereign God. I'm a finite being. I can't understand that. There's some things that's going to be a mystery to me until I get to heaven. And you know what? I want it like that. Knowing who I am, I get bored. I get bored of the same thing. Uh, My wife and I like to watch uh, movies together. And be careful what movies you watch. Uh, Have some guidelines and standards on that. But we like to watch movies. I don't like watching the same movies over and over and over and over and over again. She does, though. She watches the same thing over and over again. It's boring. I know what's going to happen. I know those tears are fake originally, but they're really fake now because I know what's going to happen. And it's going to be grand at the end because my, my wife doesn't like tragedy. She doesn't like that. She likes it to be a happy ending. I know they're crying now because of this climax of the movie and everything's falling apart, but I know down the road it's going to be fine. So it's doubly fake now. I fall asleep. So... I need it where I don't know everything so that when I get to heaven, it's going to be fresh every time. No? And so it's going to be great. Uh, The church is not simply a universal body of saved people. It is comprised of local assembly that consists of saved, baptized believers. Why is it needing to be local? Because God is practical too. 
God is also practical. When God says he does things decently in an order, that refers to his practical side. Now, he's sovereign, all right? But he existed partly as a human being when he came on earth. He understands our limitation. He actually even says in his scripture, he remembers that we are but dust. So if God is going to work with us to accomplish a goal, we're partners. We're going to find out here later. We are co-laborers with Jesus Christ. If we are co-laborers, he understands our limitation. And he is so wise, he can work with somebody like us. You have people that are really smart and have a hard time working with somebody that's not so smart. I'm glad my God is so good that he puts up with me. A blockhead. Compared to him, he's so amazing. Right? That's the patient. And man, if anybody sees potential in us, God absolutely does. I don't see potential in some things. But he does. And so we better be careful as human beings. But uh, he's willing to work with us. And if he's willing to work with us, he has established things that we can relate to. Like a building. We can come to a building. We understand all that. We come, and he understands our limitation of space and time, so he provided us a local place and a local time. The first day of the week. When Jesus rose again from the, from the grave, the disciples met. And in the early church, they met every day. That speaks of time. That speaks of a local place. He understands where people that are limited by time and space. So he designed an institution that will help us to work with him in that way. We have a place we can go. We came here at 10 o'clock because that's the time that is set here in this particular local church. And it's in this address because this is where the church building is currently at. And this is where we gather spiritually as body of believers if we belong to the membership of Faith Bible Baptist Church. And some we have visitors today. And I appreciate them. They came from other parts of the state. And they're here with us today because they were here last night for the young and college career. Uh, uh, we had uh, activity last night. It says here, as early as Acts chapter number 9, we don't have time to read the whole chapter. Acts chapter number 9, we see multiple churches established in Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. Okay? Acts chapter number 9, if you want to turn there. Acts chapter number 9. Uh, keep your, uh, yeah, turn over there because we'll go to Matthew later. Acts chapter 9, I'm going to be quickly here. Acts chapter number 9, you find, it says that, uh, verse 31, Acts 9, 31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea, the churches, plural, okay, rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. Okay, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Okay, real churches were functioning and multiplying without councils or denominations in the first century. There's no such thing as a board of directors. There's no such thing as a headquarters of uh, a Baptist, independent Baptist at least. Okay, these were autonomous groups of believers who had biblical church leaders and functioned under the direct headship of Christ. We talked about it. I don't have time to keep going, talking about the beginning of the church by Christ's authority. He's the head. In biblical sense, the universal church, quote unquote, will be assembled when Christ returns for us in scripture. 
This is called the glorious church. And you find that in Ephesians chapter number 5, verse 25 to 27. The church sometimes in scripture has multiple uh, ideas. And just like faith, okay? Faith has multiple ideas in scripture. So you have to be careful when you're reading it. Read it in context. Read it in context and you understand really quick. Okay? We contend for the faith. What is that? The faith. The faith is the idea that we have a belief. And that belief is that Christ is the Savior. That's the faith we believe, okay? But each one of us have a faith, all right? And we believe in Jesus Christ. That's different than the faith that we fight for. What's the faith that we fight for? We fight for the truths. That the Bible says Jesus Christ is the Savior of mankind and that anyone that would go to heaven has to go through Jesus Christ. John 14 and verse number 6. And that's the faith and then all the truths that come with that that's taught for us in the scripture, we defend that, okay? So when they're bombarding us with uh, alternative lifestyle are acceptable and we must be kind to them and we might not show hatred to them and they have to define some of those terms, okay? Because they're not defined properly. But they're defining those things that if we say anything against or we believe different than them, we are now the bad guys. But see, we have the faith. And the faith, we go back to the Bible, that the Bible dictates to us our belief and our practice. We do not believe that because the Bible speaks of it as an abominable work. Very clear in Scripture, it calls it sodomy. Okay? So you have to have a stand. And if you have faith in the faith, then we have to say that's wrong. Do you understand that? Okay. The same thing in the Bible with the Scripture. The church sometimes is referred to as the whole body of born-again child of God all across the world, all across time, all right? Anybody that has been saved, has accepted Jesus Christ, someday will be gathered up into heaven. All of us, all local churches that exist today, that existed in centuries past, and that would exist maybe after us if the Lord tarries, they will be gathered all in one body in heaven, That's the bride of Christ. Okay, when you think about those things, the Bible does speak of a universal gathering. The universal gathering of believers. Some other preacher terms it as the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Now, I would defer a little bit because the kingdom of God does include all of us that are saved, but it also includes his authority when he comes down the second time in the millennial kingdom. I mean, he comes in with what? He's the king. So there's a little bit difference. He's going to carry a rod of iron. And you're going to do some what? Some of us are going to be ruling and reigning with him. Okay? That's a kingdom. All right? And that includes all saved, born again, child of God. So you can define that as the kingdom, but you have to be very specific. Because the kingdom comes as he's the king. Okay? What I'm talking about here, the universal church, I'm not against that. But the universal church right now is impossible. For us to meet in one place together. It is impossible for us to meet at the same time together. As technology gets better, you might think, well, we can all FaceTime. Or we can all come on a group Zoom or something like that. It is impossible. Because you have a lot of Christians that are dead. They're buried. How are they going to Zoom with us? Who's going to make an account for them? Are you going to try to be the Mormons? And keep a track of who's dead that are saved? All right? It's impossible. That's why we don't believe, as independent Baptists, we don't believe in the universal church, quote-unquote, right now. All right, that makes sense? 
I'm not going to go to my third point, but I need to. It says, <clears throat> real churches were functioning and multiplying without counsel. Uh, Ephesians 5.25 to 26. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, 25 to 26. Again, letter B, under point number two, it consists in local assemblies. That's the blank you have there in letter B under point number two. A-S-S-E-M-B-L-I-E-S, assemblies, okay? And in Ephesians, it says, chapter number five, verse 25 to 27, you find this, the glorious church. That's the first time I heard somebody defined the universal church biblically by using this phrase. And I might like it. So look at it says, 25. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. You understand that? The church. That's singular. That's talking about, like I was talking about, the faith. All right? You understand? All right. And gave himself for it. Not for them. And you're getting confused. Why is it not for them? Because there are a bunch of local churches. Well, he's talking about the idea and the principle and the foundation of what a church is. It's one. One day, all of us will be together. Okay? That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. The word is important in the church. If you're going to a church, make sure they preach and teach and guide their behavior and their beliefs by his word. If that church does not teach the word of God and that church does not promote God's doctrine and God's teaching and God's principles and God's truths, you walk out of that church. Because we talked about religious organization, organized religion that teaches what? Man's ideas equivalent to God's ideas. No. No. There's a place for man ideas as long as they are submitted to the principles of God's word. I don't have a problem with Sunday school. Why? It can be found and submitted in principle to the truth of the word of God. A bus route can be founded and submitted to the truth of the word of God. You understand? Parachurch organization can be founded and they can be submitted under the truth of the word of God. All right? I don't have a problem with that. With men's ideas, we can tweak them. Because they're men's ideas. As long as we don't deter or take away the principles behind it. We will teach children and children will be welcome in this church no matter what we do to get them here. In the sense of not no matter what we do. We're not going to do anything that is against God. Because God says we have in my mythology has to be subjected to his holiness. That's why it says you must worship me any way you want to. No. In the beauty of his holiness. So in the church, we are commanded to reach out to the lost people. We're going to have many programs we could do that. Independent Baptists have many programs to get it done. We have Awana. We have Patch the Pirate. You have, you have Master Club. You have so many King's Kids. I can name it to you because I've been around. And I've been in a lot of churches. They use many multiple different ways. Some people come up with their own. It doesn't matter as long as the method is holy and it doesn't deteriorate from the truth of the word of God. And the fact is that they're teaching and reaching children because God talks about that. You understand that? We call it junior church here. You can call it whatever you want. But we're doing something for the children because we believe the Bible tells us to do that. You understand that? So don't get hooked up and dogmatic about, well, we have to have it this way. Be dogmatic about the principles. Be principled people. Don't get cocked up on the issue or the facade on the face, get down on the substance of the matter. What really matters? We can call soul winning all the different things we want to call it. 
People call it the calling hour. Well, you may have a hard time calling that here. You might be going to a funeral. But some people call it calling. Down south, I hear them call it calling. You want to go calling? Another people will call it soul winning. We kind of use it here. Some people call it visitation. Some people call it witnessing. For crying out loud. It doesn't matter. What they're trying to do is on purpose. They're trying to get somebody on purpose under the sound of the gospel. That's what they're trying to do. Okay? Do you have prospect list? Do you have disciples? Do you have somebody you're mentoring? You have mentorees? Right? Whatever you want to call it, guys, as long as it's in the Bible. Okay? Don't get hooked up. All right? And we fall into semantics and we get crazy. But look at this. Uh, Husband, love your wives, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church. And there's the phrase we find. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such things, but that it should be holy and without blemish. God is interested in holiness. That is why there is a daily work. He calls it sanctification. To make us more like him, less like what we used to be. In salvation, he makes the transaction clear. He made an agreement with you, Holyo, and you made an agreement with him. You said, I can't clean myself, but you can, and I'll trust you. And God says, you're my son. I'll take time, I'll invest. You have access to me now, I'll help you. And when that happens, Julio doesn't transform necessarily in the potential God wants him down the road. But then he started a birth. He's now in the family of God. Then God now says, come on, just like a little child can't walk when it's first born, unless he's a cow or a horse. But they're not that way. And so as a man, then there's somebody that caretakes and guards uh, and be a guardian and helps him walk. Do you remember when you first walked, Julio? I don't remember. But everybody was happy. Right? When you get older and you're stumbling like that, they're not happy. But uh, when you were little, they were happy. That's how that goes. We look forward to the day when we all gather with the glorious church. The only perfect church that will ever assemble. Until then, we are committed to assembling in local churches. To carry out Christ's mission on earth. We have church plants we planted. There is no possible way you can be in both at this time. You and I practically realizes that. So you have to commit and pick a church you're going to be at. Different if you're helping to church plan. I was a church planner. I was at multiple times at different places on a given Sunday. But I was never at two places in a given Sunday. There's no way. I have to sacrifice here so I can be here. All right, there's nothing wrong with church planting. I want to church plant. It's something that we should be doing as a church, okay? But as a body believer, you have to be led to help in a church plant and then make a decision. If they get established, are you going to walk away? As a missionary, my job was not to forever stay in one particular church. Why? Because I start it, I establish it, I give it to the next level when they have somebody that will stay. Somebody has to stay. Paul had Timothy, and at one point, Timothy, in order to be a pastor, he had to stay in one local church. He had to focus. He could no longer travel with Paul the rest of the journey. He stayed where he needed to stay. Do you understand that? 
There's people that travel would fall all the way across. And they decided by God's leading that they were not going to stay in those places. But they traveled with Paul. As they went here, they came. And they went here, they came. We had a team. I had Brother Lewis and myself. We were a team. Together, we realized we were never going to be forever at North Cebu Baptist Church. There was going to be a time where we're going to move on. They're going to be established. They're going to be on their own. And we're going to be established. And it's today... I'm no longer at North Cebu Baptist Church. I am at Faith Bible Baptist Church. Because I can't possibly in both places at the same time. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? All right. If you're a church planner, you are going to be moving. You're going to be moving from place to place, place to place. That's how it goes. Establishing churches, birthing churches, establishing churches. All right. If you're going to help with church planners, make up in your mind, oh, I should better say, have God talk to you and ask him what he wants for your life. Does he want you to be helping? Then if you do that, declare that to us. So no, but no confusion. No confusion. Because it's unfair if you come from this church and you're holding a ministry and you keep moving. Where am I going to trust? Who am I going to? Where are you going to be next week? You understand what I'm trying to say? I need somebody here. All right. Do you understand that? And so that's what it goes as we establish churches across the field, there's people that will continually go with the church planner, and there will be church planners together. And there's some that will say, and it has happened in Scripture, we're no longer going to go with you. We fell in love. This is the church we're going to belong. And they stayed. They stayed. They no longer followed. All right? That's how that works. So ask God what he would have for you to do. All right? We need church planning. Churches are closing more than they're opening. Ask God, am I going to be a church planner? Ask him, am I going to be a church planner? And am I going to move from place to place? Or am I going to be a loyal church member that will partner with the local pastor and work together in this local church? God leads us all to do that. It's a decision you and God make. Okay? So think about it in that regard. Number three. The point here is the continuation of the church. C-O-N-T-I-U-N-U-A-T-I-O-N. Continuation. The continuation of the church. That's point number three. How did a group of first century believers grow, multiply churches to the point that 2,000 years later, there are still local churches all around the world? How can we today continue Christ's purpose? For the church. It's amazing, isn't it? It started all those years ago. The first church Christ started himself. He passed it on to Peter. And Peter started and had the congregation that was massive. All right? The Jerusalem church. And then from there we find Antioch birth. And what happened was that people went to Antioch because there was persecution. And they went to Antioch and they lapped a few people in Jerusalem. And then Antioch became a big church, and Antioch became a mission-minded church. And that is where Paul was sent out of, Antioch. He was not sent out of Jerusalem. And in Antioch, he visited all of these missionary journeys he had. Okay? And guess what? In Acts 13, when he did that, he is no longer the Sunday school teacher in Antioch. He's no longer doing a bunch of things in Antioch. He left. Justin Dye used to do a bunch of things here. But when he decided, God led him to move to PPNG, not PPNG, PNG. When he went to PNG, all of his ministry has to be relinquished to somebody else. When I went to the Philippines, all of my ministry had to be relinquished before I go. 
in the Philippines before I even decided and even contemplated. The timing was just perfect when Pastor wrote me the email. It was just perfect because I was contemplating. It was time to move on to a new plant somewhere, either a new town that hasn't had a church or help another struggling church that need help. I was contemplating in those areas, and I'm asking God, give me a flaming arrow. Show us where we need to be. COVID come in, shut down this one uh, opportunity. The door was closed. All right, I'm going to continue this way. On my way, I got sick with COVID for two, three weeks, and then the email showed up. My wife looked at it and cried and said, well, God does answer prayer. He does lead his people. If you don't experience the leading of God, something is wrong. You need to figure out. Because you, as a child of God, he will lead you. If he corrects you, and he loves on you, and he provides for you, he cares. And he will lead you to a decision. He will lead you to decisions of your life. Find out what it is that he wants you to do. And so when he did that, I knew automatically, I knew right away, I need to take time and pray and make sure this is not emotion, make sure this is not just because I'm excited, this is not just because I felt very honored to be asked, but this is what God wanted. And so I proceeded. We prayed. Talk to the right people. And at that point, North Sibu Baptist Church had people in place. I was no longer the youth director. I was no longer the head usher. I did not have to organize that. I am not longer the head trustee. I was all gone. I've trans. I've trans. I transferred it to other men. I was done. I was sitting there playing my trumpet, which I need to get back and doing. I was playing my trumpet and preaching here and there, teaching soul winning. That's all I was doing. It was time for me to move on. Why? Because I had a commitment with people that supported me. In fact, you are my sending church. I have a commitment to this place that I'm going to start churches, not a member of another church. And so I was looking for the opportunity and the place to go. I was ready. Leading by God, asking God to lead me. And so, now we're here in this point. December came. July we came, 2021. December came. God made it clear. Talk to Pastor Cole. By the way, Pastor Cole did not, did not coerce me, did not do nothing. Just simply asked. And he left me alone. And I talked to him. He asked occasionally, so what's going on? Because he's being led by God. Hey, Chris, if you're not going to do it, I need to find somebody else. Okay, I understand that. So he was very kind, but no, no forcing. Let the Holy Spirit work. December came, I talked to him. And so we wrote the letter, January. You guys were made known by a preaching on Sunday morning. He announced. All right, and then we're here now. Going to April and seeing what's happening. Transitioning happening, learning some things, being transferred with different authorities now. And so God leads. So what's going to happen? Eventually, and in fact, today, I'm very focused here. Why? Because this is where God wants me to be. These are the people God wants me to work with. These are the people that I'm going to give my time, my energy, my effort to. All right? Now, it happens that we have local churches that are not established yet. We have two of them. We have Brightway and we have Countryside. Now, I have a level of obligation and responsibility to them because they are not on their own. And that's a different avenue. That's a different, uh, different altogether situation. So we're praying for Brent to come to, country, to Brightway. We're praying for Brother Ben to, at one point or another, be led to then take ownership. Stewardship is what I mean by that. 
But when you're a steward, you own up to the responsibility. That's what I mean when I say ownership. And so he then has to step up and say, Pastor Cole, I'm ready. And Pastor Cole's working with him. You see all that's happening? I'm involved in that if I'm a pastor here. Because we're helping them financially, and we're helping them to stand on their own feet. You see all that? So this is a very, very exciting time, very, very busy time. And so pray for our church. A lot is going on. Transition left and right. As I turn around, transition. Transition. Whoa. And transition is very, very volatile, a place. It's very, 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 very unsettling. All right? I want it to settle back. It's like renovation. When you go to a house and you take this apart and you put this in, doesn't it feel unsettling when you're renovating? You're not destroying the place. You're making it better. All right? And you're owning up to it. You're saying, I don't like this the way the people, nothing wrong with what they did. I'm just putting a stamp of, this is me now. Not the song, but this is me. But anyways, uh, I want to do something here. I want to paint that different color. And that's happening. All right, we're going to buy, buy a house. Guess what? I'm not going to keep it like that. It's going to have the barren feel when you go in there, sooner or later. Providing that God gives us the provision and the money. It's going to change. It's not going to look like that forever. You understand? So transition is a very, very scary time. But when you feel like it all settles back in, it's amazing. You know, it feels peace and tranquility. And we've had that here for about 40 years. We have some peace and tranquility. Not without problems, okay? Uh, I'm sure after I get it all done, I paint it all done, pipes will bust. Right? That happens sometimes. And so all the things that you've done... To make it look good, now you have to start all over again and do some constructional work. But uh, the continuation of the church, it has to continue. Letter A, through church commission, through Christ commission. Letter A there, through Christ commission. C-O-C-O-M-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. You know Matthew 28, 19, 20, for the sake of time, I'm just going to read it to you. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, the continuation. You see that? What I have taught you, what I have done and invested in you. You have been with me. You have slept in the same rooms. You've traveled with me. You ministered to the people together with me. You've seen the miracles I've done. You heard the parables I taught. You know me. You have been with me. Now I want you to take what I've taught you and go teach somebody else. Because I go to the Father. But don't be comfortless. I'll give you Jesus. I'll give you the Holy Ghost, I should say. I'll give you the Holy Ghost. Have you ever done something you're not familiar? Anybody started a new job or started a new skill set? You're not a carpenter, you're an electrician, but now you have to build a shed. And you've never done it in your life. You've seen some people do it. YouTube is all over the world now. And you can look at YouTube and say, wow, I can do this. And you go about doing it. Do you not feel apprehensive a little bit and nervous because you have no skill set? This is the first time. This shed is either going to be crazy nice and there's a bad accident or it's going to be really bad. Right? You have that apprehension. When, when Jesus left the disciples, they had that feeling of what we're going to do now. We have never done this before. 
It's like somebody getting off their house. They were not paying for the bills. They were not paying for electric. They don't know what home insurance is. I'm finding out what house insurance means. I'm finding all of these different things, what taxes mean and what all of these uh, broker, what it means. And, and I've never had that. Now I'm learning all of that. It's all very, 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 very overwhelming at times. But it must be until you learn and then you continue and then you get to the point, oh, this is nothing. And then what you do, not in pride, you tell somebody else, hey, son, someday this is going to be when you buy a house. If nothing changed, this is what you're going to do. Right? And then it continues. You just keep continuing. And so Jesus is saying that to us, the church must continue through his commission. And he told us to do that. This commission was not for the apostles only. As we saw earlier, the apostles became the foundation upon which the churches will build because of the doctrines they received from Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter number 2, 19 to 20. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, Ephesians 2, 19 to 20, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, the family of God, okay, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself, being the chief cornerstone. Isn't that a wonder that the prophets prophesied about Jesus coming? Because it's all about Jesus. The prophets existed because they were used so that down the road, when Jesus now starts to fulfill all the prophecies, he ties it up. He fulfills the law. He ties it up. He ties the Old Testament to the New Testament and brings it together in a cohesive manner. Now we have a whole Bible with us in the New Testament. We're a blessed, nation. We're a blessed group of people. In our dispensation, we have the whole Bible in our hands. He has put it all together. And he has done that for what reason? So that it is strong. So that it is effective. So that it will continue through time. And so local church, FBBC, if you're a member, if you're wanting to be a member, again, if you want to be a member, talk to us or pastor. We can talk to you about that. You are now given that responsibility because you have received it from previous people before you. At one point or another, somebody shared the gospel with you. Some of them might be dead now. And now you have the baton. You have the truth. And now as the local, you know, you know, 40 years of church history at FBBC, some people that started here are not longer here anymore. Some of them are still here, but it's throughout time it progressed. Some came, some left. Another era come, some people left. And so now we have eras here where you have grandparents that come, and now they have grandkids that are here. But in all of that era, just like, just like uh, David says, I will serve God in my generation. Because when he dies, his service is dead. It's gone. Now, we want that our life will mean even though we're dead. And there's some people like Charles Spurgeon. We're still reading about him. There's Dale Moody. There's people that God used, but there's very, very, very few. Try to aspire to be like them. Absolutely, your life has an impact even though when you're gone. But most of us, when we're dead, will be forgotten. So what will count is now. You are Faith Bible Baptist Church now. Young people, you are Faith Bible Baptist Church now. And if you stay here, you will be, as some of these people we see that are older than us, we will be them. And Lord willing, we will have children. 
And so I'm asking you, are you going to continue the church? Because it's your responsibility now. And it's mine. We are now given that responsibility. Stop fighting. Start working together. Because we need every one of us to get the job done. Every one of us have a skill set we can put onto the table. And the more skill set we have that is usable and functioning, the better we are in being established and being strong. We need each other. Stop fighting. You know why I say that? Because people fought from the very first church. The leaders were fighting, remember? I should be on your right hand or on the left hand. And the, right, and the ten would, in, would write with indignation. All right? People are people. Let's pray. We didn't finish chapter number three. We started. We'll finish it next week. Lord, thank you for this great people that you've put in this place. I pray that they will recognize how wonderful it is to be a part of a real church. And Lord, bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen.